You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Hello and welcome to what's sort of not exactly the show, but uh, a little micro episode. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. This is normally the Comedian's Comedian podcast, but uh, I had a couple of thoughts uh, given the nature of our situation and I thought I'd share them with you. And like most things in my life, I had the idea, thought about it, but without taking any action for 48 hours. And now I've decided it's not going to happen unless I just dive in. So here it is without any preparedness. I wanted to talk to you about how we're all going to cope with this. Um, I feel like... Here's how, here's how I'm doing. I'm veering pretty wildly between... Uh, all this, by the way, if you're listening in the future, uh, if there is a future, is <laughs> the 2020 global uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I'm veering pretty wildly between calm and... Uh, I wouldn't say terror. I have moments of terror. Uh, I would say calm and not calm. And it struck me, first and foremost, that you might, if you're a fan of this podcast, find it reassuring just to hear my voice. I, I hope I hope I can reassure you. Um, I had to do a thing for a, a special episode that the Campaign Against Living Miserably are doing. I've submitted uh, a little two-minute podcast to that. I think they're doing a big, uh, a big special episode. Um, and in it, I sort of said the thing that I was, I was, <laughs> I was rather pleased with what I improvised at the time um, about uh, what I think you should do is take social risks. It was about how you're coping with isolation. And I think we should all take, if not risks with our health, then at least social risks. We should all try to be the first person that started that lovely thing when all the Italians in their balconies started singing. That didn't happen until one person thought, fuck it, I don't care if no one joins in, I'm just going to start singing out my window. Or maybe they didn't even expect people to join in, but they just did it. So they took the risk of feeling like an idiot. That's a thing. I, I felt like, there, that idea is my wheelhouse. So maybe I can say something, some other things to you that are within the, the remit of this podcast... And um, one of the most obvious things uh, to me in whatever state you're in, whether you are uh, self-isolating, social distancing, or like one or two of my friends, blithely carrying on as normal in a way that I think is getting harder and harder to, to justify as being at all responsible. Um, whatever situation you're in, if you are alone or if you're isolating uh, with a family or isolating with flatmates or isolating with, I don't know, uh, a partner you were about to leave. I mean, that must be happening, right? Don't, don't think for a minute that's my situation. But, you know, there's, this is involving so many people. Every possible version of this must be going on. Maybe you're with flatmates and you can't stand the sight of them and you just realise you might need to spend the next... And look, I didn't even want to put a figure on this. I saw a thing someone tweeted saying that there may not be a vaccine for 18 months. I've just put a figure on it, but I'm not suggesting for a minute that's the case. I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for the absolute worst. Um, and, uh, well, maybe not the absolute worst. <laughs> the, abs the absolute worst uh, we'll deal with as and when that happens. But I'm trying to, the way I've always lived my life is to, uh, you know, they say, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I sort of visualise the worst or as bad as I can cope with in order that I'm pleasantly surprised when things aren't that bad and I can't be the only one. So in terms of however long this lasts, whether someone comes up with a miracle cure tomorrow and then every all the countries of the world put all of their budgets together and jet it out and spray it from helicopters and we're all fine in a week, or uh, whether it goes on for one, two, three, six, twelve months or longer, who knows? Um, let's let, so this is this is um, and I'm going to try and do this without editing. So apologies if there's if there's pauses, mostly for speed uh, because I just need to uh, to get this out to you because I've got a lot of other stuff to be getting on with now that I no longer have any live work at all. And those of you listening to this who are comedians will certainly um, uh, or or who are self-employed, specifically self-employed and entirely reliant on crowds. You know, it's been a it's been a week of uh, <laughs> you know what that you know that meme of the dog looking at the, looking out at the camera in a room that's on fire and saying this is fine. It's been that except the room's full of comedians and everyone's screaming about how not fine it is. It's um, 
you will, you may be in the same position as me. You may be thinking, what the hell am I going to do? I'm so lucky. I'm so, I hope you're in the same position as me, which means that, you know, 80% of your income's gone off in a puff of smoke, but you have some other thing you can do. For me, it's this podcast. And who knows, in my, in my most optimistic moments, I do find myself thinking, uh, you know, maybe this, maybe, maybe this will, I don't mean this will be good. People are going to die and that's awful. And a lot of people are very scared and behaving very behaving in various ways, you know, kind of causing runs on uh, toilet paper. And here's an idea. Why don't we all pretend that red wax crayons are going to be incredibly important and see if we can uh, create some sellouts of them. I do not hold shares in red wax crayons, sadly. Um, I'm losing my thread. So this is normally the sort of stuff that Nathan tidies up. Uh, My point is that (laughs) you'll be familiar with this from Post Ambles. Goldsmith talks himself to a corner and then tries to draw it all together by saying my point is in order to stall while he remembers what he was talking about. Lots of you listening to this will be... Oh, that was it. That was it. Um, There may be there may be benefits. There may be positives. I said to my son, I said to the boot trust last night, uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going out to work during the day. I'm sat in my van at the moment recording this parked next to our house so that I can still use the Wi-Fi but not get crawled on by toddlers. I said, I'm sorry I've been working today. I might be doing some work during the day for the next coming weeks, but I'm not going anywhere. And as I said it, I thought, I'm not, am I? I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. Now, some of you, that'll fill with dread, (laughs) the idea of not going anywhere. And look, I'm the first to... I had a moment earlier on, before we get to that, that's a good thing, right? I'm not going anywhere. There will be tangible benefits. Some children will look back on this and think, wow, that was a good time. I was young enough that I didn't have any fear or any sense, you know, that I was shielded from all the bad bits. And actually, I spent loads of time in my house with my family. You know, this is... uh, I hope that's not putting an, an unrealistically rosy thing on it. That's my uh, uh, neighbour returning on his very rumbly motorbike. You may be able to hear that. Um, some kids might look on this as a very positive time. Some families will get the opportunity to look at this as a very positive time because we will be spending time together. I had a really scary look at the budget, the household, the domestic and the work budget last night. And I have to say, the, the tiny bit of light at the end of the tunnel was realising how much money I spend on travel on the road for stand-up comedy purposes, none of which I'm going to be spending anymore. So that's that's good. You know, let's let's focus on the positives. There we go. Maybe let's make a list as we go, and I'll try and remember it as we go. Thing one, focus on the positives. You might have more time with your family. You might, and I know this sounds trite. You might actually learn the guitar. And if you're, and don't give yourself a big goal. Don't think this is when I write my novel, unless you're particularly moved to do that, or it's been on your in tray for a long time. Don't. I wouldn't put that pressure on yourself if I were you. But maybe this is a time when you will get round to doing a thing that you've not done for a while or, or, or always plan to. You are now, as Pete Dobbing says in the, uh, the special episode with podcast consultant Pete Dobbing that I've just yesterday released to the Insiders feed, um, you are now uh, time rich. If you're in my position, you might be cash poor, but you're time rich and time is arguably the most valuable resource of all. So there's something, there's something positive maybe we can find in that. Um, I uh, uh, I got mud on my trousers today and uh, I thought, oh, no, these are my gig trousers. And then I thought, oh, well, they're not, are they? <laughs> not, not anymore. Not for the foreseeable future. I mean, what have we lost in the last couple of days and weeks? Melbourne Comedy Festival, McCuntleth Comedy Festival, Glastonbury Festival's gone. Who knows whether Edinburgh will happen? My own guess at that maybe is that Edinburgh will happen in some form and... People will scrabble together and put it together last minute. Maybe some, maybe half the acts will go. Maybe a tenth of the acts will go. Maybe a tenth of the audience will go and it'll all be lovely. Um, maybe it won't happen. Maybe it will happen, but we'll all stay away because maybe it's exactly the sort of environment that could kick off a, a second wave of the pandemic if things are, if the first wave is receded by then. Who knows? Let's get back to the basics. Try and find a positive in something. And, and as some of you will know, if you're devoted listeners to the show, um, that... Uh, the, do you know what? I'm going to let you in on a little podcast secret here. I would normally retake that and say, as you will know if you're a devoted listener, because I always like to refer to the listener singular. That's one of my tips. <laughs> That's one of my podcast tips. But for now, I'm casting it to the wind. Um, some of you may know, if you are devoted listeners to the show, that I do these these corporate things where I, I go into, uh, you know, crowds, crowds of people in business environments um, and uh, talk about resilience. So I thought I would synthesise some of those things to you. Uh, that's this is the longest introduction ever. Basically, I'm recording this 
mostly because it's good for me to do something that feels normal to me. Uh, that's part of it. I also think hopefully I can pass on some sort of calm. My friend Vince rang me last night. Dear Vince, who's uh, been a street performer friend of mine for as long as I was doing it, and since 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 uh, since I started doing it, that's what I should say, 25-odd years. And um, Vince is the world's most charismatic man, a sort of such a gentle, charming, twinkly kind of a bloke. And <laughs> He's in his early 60s. And uh, I was chatting to him last night. He rang up to check on me because he knows I'm flighty and was probably panicking. And he, he said he was really impressed by how calm I was being under the circumstances. And I said, are you feeling calm? And he said, well, out of everyone we know, and I'm going to slightly do an impression of him. He's a scouser and apologies for this terrible accent, but it's important, I think, for the, the softness and gentleness with which he said it. He said, well, out, out of everyone we know, uh, I'm probably most likely to die because I'm 62, but uh, I'm not going to die because I'm great. <laughs> Me and my wife have been laughing about that all morning. What a lovely attitude. So let's try and be a bit Vince. Um, so here we go then. I will just try and run through mentally some of the things that I think we can draw from the world of comedy, from the lessons that we might have learnt uh, on the podcast uh, in um, in the last 330 episodes. Uh, I'll, I'll just talk about some of the ones that occur to me. Maybe you can get on the ComCom Facebook group if you're so inclined, uh, or the, the workspace if you're in the Insiders Club, and uh, you can just let me know your thoughts about things you might have picked up from this podcast, which can help you under these circumstances. So one of the lessons I've learned is that everyone's struggling. That was one of the biggest things I always say in interviews. Doing this podcast has made me realise that almost every single, I won't say every single comic out there, almost every single comic is struggling, considers themselves the invisible person of comedy, uh, considers themselves an imposter, frequently feels like they can't cope, feels like they're just holding it together at all levels. So what I've taken from that is to try not to be... And none of these lessons are... It's not like I've... It's not like... <laughs> 330 episodes in, it's not like I'm perfectly happy. But what I try to remember is that we're all worried. We're all scared at the moment. And it's a really good time to pull together and try to... Try not to feel like this is. Here we go. Let's be specific about this. I'm finding a lot of, uh, I'm finding a lot of comfort on Twitter at the moment. Almost, I mean, very, very little of it my output. But Laura Lex, bless her, posted, "Fuck it, I'm just putting the Christmas decorations back up," and that really made me giggle because she perfectly hit the tone that everyone was feeling. I was, I mean, I hadn't had that idea, but that tone of like, well, we're in. We might as well make the best of it. So what a lovely thing that is. Of course, at the same time, for any person who part of their output is on Twitter, you're on Twitter, everyone's acing it, all the people with huge followings are getting millions of retweets and likes and stuff. And it's easy to think, oh God, this is another opportunity where I've got to keep working. I've got to keep putting stuff out there. Just be kind. And I think this is a, this is a rule I've tried to adopt in life. When you see someone doing something well, compliment them. Like it, retweet it. Or if you know them, get in touch with them personally and go, I loved that. Because you did. The reason it hurt so much was because it was, you know, if it did hurt, was because you're jealous. And if you're jealous, it's because you loved it. So when you, can we, can we wangle some link between this and some people who are stockpiling? The temptation to stockpile is immense. Um, and, uh, We've got to not. We've got to not do it. So maybe when you see someone carrying far more toilet paper out of Tesco than they could possibly use in six months, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say something like congratulate them, <laughs> you know, but maybe, maybe a smile and a some sort of little joke. Don't do that if they're armed and fiercely guarding their toilet paper. But maybe just if you feel an emotion of envy at someone else's stash. Maybe take the uh, take the take the darkness out of that feeling by referring to it, or telling your mate, or texting a friend, or secretly taking a picture and tweeting it, and you know, just d make it funny. Things things can get pretty dark, right? In life generally, especially now. Let it, in the words of John Kearns, let it be funny. Find a way to make yourself giggle. I always remember this. My mate Noel, this is, I mean, you know, there isn't going to be a point and I'm certainly not sticking to it. Um, my, my best mate Noel, when we were kids, he said 
there's something quite fun. We were kind of drinking vodka age 15 and having terrible hangovers. And I remember Noel, maybe a few years after that, saying he quite enjoyed a hangover because it reminded him of being a bear thrashing around in a puddle of mud in the rain. And there's some sort of glory in that, you know. It's, it's the same sort of mentality that um, uh, podcast consultant Pete Dobbing employed when we were at Glastonbury many years ago. It started raining really heavily. I think I actually, I was woken up um, by Pete in his uh, underpants and Wellington boots. I'd, I'd camped at the bottom of a hill and we were floating. We were, on, we were on a foot of water, literally floating on our airbeds. And people were shouting, wake up, wake up, you're going to drown. And as we started throwing stuff into the back of Pete's van and waking other people up and tra- getting as many perishable, unwaterproof things as possible into the back of his van... Another of my friends was freaking out, going, this is a disaster, this is awful. And Pete said, no, this is the best thing that could have happened. You'll be telling this story for the rest of your life. Let it be funny. Find a way to make the darker bits of your job, your situation, your life. Let them be funny. That's what we all crave at the moment. And if you think they're really funny, share them with the wider world and create your own Twitter or Instagram account. And don't worry about the likes and the retweets. Just let there be an outlet for you. That's what all of us are doing. Like Laura Davis said on the show, you know, artists are just people taking a piece of themselves, a little jagged shard of themselves, holding it up to the light and saying, you too? I've got this. I've got one of these. You? Is this like you? So let yourself express. That's a big podcast lesson. Do you know what? Once I've done this, I mean, I could go back and edit it. Let's face it. I've got too much on. (laughs) I attempt to... Uh, channel just loads of content out there to try and survive um but um maybe this will be the, maybe this episode i'll come back to it it'll be the starting point for the inevitable book so this this rambling this rambling method is uh, we're going to stick to the ramble method and letting things naturally occur to me for now so try and find the positives let things be funny what else resilience i think is is coping with resilience means your ability to bounce back when things are difficult um resilience, I think, is learnable. This is a big thing I talk about in in the corporate thing I do, about how people think that... So many people say to me, I can never be a comedian. And of course, the reality is anyone could be a comedian. You couldn't necessarily be the funniest, the best, the most inventive, the bravest comedian. But most people could do the job because the most important facet of the job is to be able to to have a disaster and get back up the next night or later that night. To, to feel your ego dissolve in a puddle at your feet, to feel your, your dignity crashing around you and to, to, to say, get, let me back up there. Now, that quality, which I think all comedians have, is resilience and resilience is learnable. I don't think anyone was born being the best comic in the world any more than any explorer was necessarily a kid who you know, age three, crawled across the motorway at the back garden, across the motorway to the far fields and went, oh, it's in my blood. Realistically, that's a very romantic idea. But realistically, we learn our resilience. People who excel at comedy are simply people who have learned, have taught themselves that feeling bad about how it went when it went badly is not as important as achieving what they want. So even if right now you're curled up under a duvet obsessively scrolling down social media, obsessively scrolling at the website of your three newspapers of choice and feeling like the world is on fire around you, even if you feel like you can't cope, like you're the, uh, what what does Tim Minchin say? You feel like you're the smallest doll in the babushka doll. You can learn to be tougher than than you feel right now. We all do. We, if you decide that the thing you want, whether it be survival toilet paper, happiness, comedy, creativity. You can decide that right now that you are going to pursue that and that you can. And I mean this in a micro level. I don't, I'm not, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not Gandalf the White riding uh, Shadowfax down the mountain. Shadowfax? Equifax? I think Equifax is the, <laughs> a very different <laughs> thing. Um, I think, fucking God, Equifax, right? <laughs> Gapped up riding Equifax down the mountain. Come to restore your credit. Um, I don't mean to sound like I'm kind of, like I've got some sort of saviour complex, but I think this is valid. I think if you're feeling small right now, and a lot of us are feeling small right now, don't worry. We're all feeling small, and you are not as small as you think you are. You are 
capable of bossing this and you're capable of kindness. So community, that's a, that's a big thing. Comedy is... I think when I started, I expected there to be not more community. I expected a different flavour of community than there was. As we all know, I started uh, with the, the community of street performing and it felt like being part of a band of superheroes who were all simultaneously doing a heist all over the world. We just felt like we were in the gang. And because we would sit together every morning in wherever whatever pitch we were working and, you know, up at the Edinburgh Festival, you'd have hours in each other's company. And comedy, you didn't really have that same thing. It's a different different sort of angle on, on what community is. And I think to some extent, doing this podcast has unwittingly, until much later I realised, has been an attempt to kind of help create that community in the same way that somewhere like Angel Comedy does. They go, look, the point of this is to connect people as well as to be funny and, and do all those things that comedians think we're all noble and brave because we go out and make people happy. The person we're making happiest is ourselves. Let's not forget that. So the ability to kind of turn that that outwards and go, actually, let's try to connect other people. That's important. And I think that's going to be increasingly important in the, the weeks and months to come. And obviously, when you are socially isolating or isolated, it's going to be hard. So there is an organisation, what, what's this called? They're called covidmutualaid.org. This is just a thing I've noticed. Uh, for all I know, it's a, a front for something. <laughs> I'm sure it isn't. Um, COVID mutualaid.org. They've got loads of local groups. I'm just, I've just been Googling this at a minute. Um, so something like that, whereby you can take advantage of the, the advantages you have at the moment to help people with disadvantages, that will make you feel extraordinarily good. Do something kind today. Cancel a debt someone owes you or do someone a favour or offer to and get over that sort of eggy feeling of like, oh, what if they turn me down? What if this is awkward? Do just do something, give something. And they say, oh, God, someone's out. <laughs> the amount of memes flying around the one or two uh, WhatsApp groups I'm in. Um, and it really is only one or two and none of them are comedy ones. But um, the kind of blithe hey, maybe this is a gift kind of memes. I don't mind. I don't subscribe to the idea that COVID-19 is any kind of a gift. But um, I, don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm like, hey, guys. But I do think that being kind to other people makes you feel good. And as we all run the risk of feeling isolated and feeling insular and sort of disappearing, caving inwards, that's going to be a risk for all of us. Don't cave inwards. Try, 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 try to push yourself to do something outward facing. There is no, like, when I started doing the podcast, I couldn't believe the way people treated me differently. And it's not because everyone was sucking up because they wanted to get on it. But I just, I kind of became visible to the people in the industry who were also making their own thing. Of course. Of course, you know, if you're someone who's excited about an idea and crucially has bothered to do something about that idea, you put yourself in quite a self-selecting, quite a small group of people who had an idea and could be bothered to do it. So, um, so that's, uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm connecting it to the podcast. That's, I'm trying to find a sort of comedy-based lesson in there. Doing a thing. Everyone that's been on the podcast, no one gets to be a comic without thinking, I could do that. And then having the fear to do a thing. So let's try and take some inspiration from that and do a thing, whether it's dropping uh, cards through people's doors saying, look, I can help you get shopping. And like, I haven't done that yet. I keep meaning to, but I don't want to patronise people who are... Like, I don't know where the elderly people are in, in my environment. It's mostly young families around here. And uh, I don't want to sort of bombard all the young families in order to find the one elderly person. But I should. I should take my own advice and do that. Walk up and down the street, ringing a bell, shouting, are you old? I mean, maybe there are other more efficient ways of doing it. So um, so doing a thing is important. Doing a thing, doing a kind thing, doing a thing for yourself, doing an inventive thing, creating a project for yourself will help you enormously. I mean, it, you know, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's new selfishness with an N-U, being kind, specifically in order that you feel great about being kind. So there's that. So uh, where are we? I can't recap any of this because I'm not working from notes. I'm just spieling. So what else? Um, another thing I, I try and um, talk about when I do the corporate uh, things I do is a... And I'm not... This isn't a pitch, by the way. Obviously, you know, people aren't in business. But I'm just trying to sort of... Like, that's, that's kind of a skeleton framework I've got of lessons 
to be drawn from the podcast. Um, uh, I, tr- I sort of identify resilience as having both the sharp end and the blunt end. And this is a slightly mixed metaphor still, but for me, the sharp end is when you're on stage, people are heckling you, you feel like you're being stabbed, like you've got a coat right now. And then there's the blunt end when you're sitting in your car six weeks later, reflecting on a bad gig, feeling useless about your life and kind of banging yourself, clobbering yourself over the head with a, a bit of wood. What did Felicity Ward call it? Old Faithful. Yeah, Old Faithful, the bit of wood, the bat, whatever it is that you pick up and batter yourself over the head with. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I, You know what I mean? I'm, oh, I'm always like this. That voice in my head that tells me I'm a loser, that's accurate. Bang, bang, bang. Old Faithful. So... So both of those things need attention. And apologies for the dog barking in the background. I'm, uh, uh, I'm just going to press on. Um, so the sharp end, dealing with the, the panicky moments, the fear, the fear for your family, the fear for your, your children or your, el- your older relatives, um, you know, the, the feeling that you should get in the car and drive two hours to go and see your mum, you know, because you might not see her for months and months. And trying to be responsible and, and thinking, no, I'm not going to do that. That's the worst thing I could do. Those things are all very difficult. The fear of, of, of missing out, the of missing out on resources, the fear of getting COVID, the fear of, you know, putting being in harm's way yourself or passing it to other people, all those sorts of things. You've got to try to attack them logically. You've got to take a deep breath. Close your eyes. Take a breath. Not if you're driving. Take another deep breath. And really let yourself off the hook. Let's start whatever happens next. Let's start the next chapter in everyone's lives from a point of calm rather than a point of panic. I'm not the only person I know who has gone a bit manic in the last week thinking, Christ, I'd better learn how to use X, Y, Z, you know, all these different sort of things. You know, the best thing to do is to calm down, take a breath and start from a point of calm. If you're feeling negative, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling scared, try to attack those things logically. It's a harder time than ever to do that because there are some good reasons to be scared. But let's try to... What's the... (laughs) Now, I've most recently seen this story repeated. I don't even know what it was. It was something about a little bat. It was a meme about the bat that... um, that got stuck on the... Was there a bat on a space shuttle? And it had flown in and it took off. And the bat stayed with the space shuttle for an incredible amount of time. And the meme was the bat thinking to itself or asking the great bat in the sky, um, can a bat still be brave when he's afraid? And uh, and the great bat in the sky replying, that is the only time a bat can be brave. <laughs> That's lovely. I think Tom Tuck referred to something that, uh, something similar either on the previous episode of this show or, or in, a, uh, in, a, in a show of his own. So trying to cope in the moment, take a breath, be kind to yourself, attack the fear logically if you're feeling scared. And in terms of the blunt end, I think the the moments of self-reflection, you know, not dealing with a crisis right now, but how you feel about it when you're how you feel about it when you're on the toilet, how you feel about it when you're lying in bed, how you feel about it first thing in the morning when you wake up. I think sometimes the real enemies of our of our state of mind are the things that you don't ever really talk about. Do you know what I mean? Like the 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 the, the, the secret fears, the stuff that the stuff that if you were at work and you went for some kind of review of how you were feeling, the stuff that you wouldn't tell them. Do you mean the stuff that to you seems like the basic template, the narrative of your life, but that you never really say? And in many ways, that's what I'm always after kind of winkling out of people on, on this podcast. You know, what, what I want to do is is try to put people in a... What was that someone said of the show years ago? I lull people into an accurate sense of uh, security. So I think trying to notice your automatic thoughts is really, really important now more than ever because you might be operating at, you know, reasonable efficiency whilst in the back of your head, kind of the, the sort of the background chatter is is fulfilling this sort of template that you always think, that you always think, you know, this is all very well, but, oh, I can't cope with this or I'm, it's all going to go wrong or I'm, I'm never as good as everyone thinks and blah, blah, blah whatever those things are for you, and they're very personal. Basically, those thoughts... Do you know, could you... This is almost... I'm not going to set you homework, but this is always... This would function as an exercise. Write down the things you've never said out loud. 
because there will be so many things that buzz around your head that you wouldn't even tell a friend in a, in a sort of late night drunken thing. Those sort of, Write two lists, a list of things you've only ever said when you're inebriated and a list of things you have simply never said. Because paying attention to those kind of preconceptions about yourself, those kind of, those narratives that we just kind of have on running in the background. And I'm, stra- I mean, I, I'm starting to think like an unqualified therapist now, and uh, I am not qualified. So it behooves me to link this back to the podcast somehow in order that I can claim some sort of ownership or, or some kind of authority over the concept. And I can't think of one. Answers on a, an email postcard to info at comedianscomedian.com, please. Um, I, I think it's true, though. You know, like the moment when like you you come off stage or you know you've you've delivered some sort of thing or work or said something to your to someone you know whatever it is take it out of a work context um and you didn't get the reaction you were expecting and you walk away collapsing in on yourself going what did they mean what did they mean when they said that gig was interesting what did they mean when i said hey great to see you and they kind of grunted rather than saying yeah do you know what i mean and those those little kind of they're not little, they're huge. Those core kind of ideas about who yourself is. I think it's probably as good a time as any to just try and be aware of them and uh, and try to tweak or realign them if they are not. Is this dog unbearable? <laughs> I don't know if you can even hear this dog. But basically, as in every street in the country, we've got a naughty house. And the naughty house on our street has often got people shouting outside it or leaving parked cars full of barking dogs outside of it. Um, let's, uh, you know, who knows? We may need to befriend the naughty house because maybe they've got weapons. Oh, God. Anyway, back to back to real life. <laughs> um, I think that's that's all I've got to say. OK, the blunt end, the sharp end, you know, attacking things logically, taking a breath, and the, the blunt end, trying to keep an eye, keep one eye on your internal narratives because those are the sorts of things, and I think this is a thing my family have um, have never been all that good at. Specifically, I don't mean my wife and children, I mean the family I come from. Um, I think the goldsmiths have often... I don't sort of talk about this, in shows maybe, um, but I think we often fell into the trap of least said, soonest mended, and I don't believe that. We often, I think, as a family, fell into the trap of it's best not to mention things and we'll all get over them. And I I think it's always best to mention things and get them out. Sunlight being the best disinfectant. And Jesus, we could do with some sunlight in every sense of the metaphor and real, uh, real reality. Um, So, so trying to, trying to be kind of, uh, just trying to be honest about your feelings prevents you having a meltdown later on. I don't, I don't know. I have meltdowns anyway. I try and be as honest as possible about my feelings. I'm not going to lie to you and say I never have meltdowns. But I think one of the best lessons I ever got from therapy was, was the permission to cry, permission to sneak off. I still do this. I still do this. Permission to sneak off, find somewhere quiet and just have a good, healthy cry. Shed a load of, uh, was it cort- it's cortisol or cortisone? I am not qualified. But stress-causing hormones, chemicals, you literally shed them in tears. When you shed tears, they 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 come out with the tears. So um, so doing that, giving yourself permission to cry, those kind of those kind of things, we might all need a bit of permission. So self care. What can we learn? What can we learn from the podcast about self care? I'm fudging over the fact that I uh, I I can't link from a from a specific podcast guest or episode to that idea of uh, of of the stuff you don't talk about, but. Um, what kind of self-care things? Well, the classic, of course, is Millikan's Law. And geez, if Sarah Millikan never produced any comedy in her life, her legacy would still be immense uh, within the podcast world simply because of this idea of being good to yourself. Like, don't beat yourself up after 11 and don't congratulate yourself after 11 the next day, no matter how things went, whether they went well or badly. What it speaks to me is that that, that, that idea of Millikan's Law, it, it's, it just suggests a kind of discipline of self-care and I think it's easy to think of self-care as being you know a a long hot bath can't bear them my record is 12 minutes um I just get fidgety (laughs) um it's like you know rose petals and candles self-care you know splurging on a series fine those things are all totally valid but I think I've never really heard people talk about a a sort of a disciplined approach to self-care timetabling things that make you feel good oh god this is a big revelation 
And, and let's link this to the recent Carl Hutchinson episode of the podcast where I was like, how are you so happy? And he says, I don't know. I just get up, I go to the gym and I work really hard and I'm happy. And I'm like, no, not that. <laughs> no, that can't be the secret. Well, I wasn't going to mention this, but this is, a, you know, it's a time of crisis. Every day this year, I have done a little tiny workout and I hate them often hate them they're good i often do the the body wicks is it body wicks t body wicks body coach tv um what's his name joe wicks and my tip there is every time he shouts to himself go on joe because the best thing about joe wicks is you see him suffer as he does the routine with you every time he says come on joe i also i've made an unshakable commitment to this i also go come on joe (laughs) just to spur him on poor lamb he's given us his all um so, and that's an example of finding a thing to make it funny so that even when you're stressing doing drunken mountain climbers for 40 seconds you can't possibly cope with, if you can have a little giggle as you do it, that's good. But my point is that that has become self-care. I get edgy now if I haven't done it. I'm certainly not one of these people addicted to exercise and I feel I, part of why I haven't mentioned it is because I've got an enormous amount of material about how I hate exercise. But look, I'm in my early 40s. I've got two children and my back often hurts. So I've got to do something about it. Lo and behold, 15 or 20 minutes a day times whatever we're on now, March the something, the 18th, has radically changed. Well, it's not radically changed. I'll tell you what it's done is it stopped me having those moments that I would have every day when I think, God, I'm a piece of shit. I wish I could exercise. The commitment to it, the discipline of doing it. Every single day. I was ill for three days in January and so I did kind of slow yoga stretching, but I still put the gear on, got the mat out and did the thing. And it is the most pathetic... Listen to me. Not eulogising. Proselytising? Is that it? Proselytising? Never laugh at someone mispronouncing a word because it means they learnt it through reading. Yes! Um, Let's go with proselytising. Evangelising. Hark at me going, hey guys, let's get into exercise. 15 minutes a day, it's fuck all. But it has made a tiny difference to me. And if you're going to be staying in the flat, now is the time to go. Let's do this. Make the commitment because I hate it almost every time. I never want to do it. But the commitment, the discipline of that means that it has ended up being self-care. I'm edgy if I haven't done it. And if I'm feeling stressed and flipping out, it will often fix me. So that's a thing. Just like comedian Carl Hutchinson. Yeah, just about. Let's let's do that one. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Um, oh, and here's, here's another thing that, that might be of use. This is a kind of a creativity thing, but it's... Um, I don't know who I got this from. I don't think this is a specific act. I've just sort of synthesised this from everybody that's been on the show and my own practice. It's about flow. I don't think anyone's ever talked about flow on the show. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, But, uh, yeah, do do email it if it turns out. Oh, no, Dan Evans, episode two. He talked about it for ten minutes and you've pitched it. I don't think so. But flow, be it creative, sensual, artistic, some sort of state where you are on one, where you're like, oh, I'm on one, right? You know that. Um, That's precious. So recognize that it's precious and if you're on one stay on one you know that's what we're doing on stage that's what we're doing when we're writing when we're creating when we're when we're recording when we're communicating when we're socializing when we're uh, uh, like katie wick said you know uh, a, a bunch of comedians standing around socially just riffing and trying to top each other's stories and i think she was talking about how a friend or a partner had said you know god that's all you do and she was like yes that's all i want to do with my life that's the best thing that kind of flow is very precious and you have to you have to um 
nurture it and cultivate it. Recognise when you're in it. When you're on one and you're writing jokes and you and you get that tiny little uh, voice in your head going, oh, God, I'd love to stop. Come on, I've, I've written two good jokes now. I could stop for a coffee. Don't let yourself. You're on one. Stay on one. When you fall out of one, work out ways to get back on one. So is this, is this, is this useful? Is this resilience? I think it is. It's part of bouncing back, isn't it? Creating a system for yourself, like keeping an eye on what makes you work well, what makes you work efficiently, happily, uh, what makes you excited, and trying to deliberately create a system to put yourself into that mode again, to kind of trick or, or trip yourself into being in flow. That's important, whether it's you know, whether it's starting your Twitch channel to try and get your gigs, your live gigs out there. And I'm going to do lots more on that in forthcoming episodes of the podcast. I'm going to do some special episodes to champion people and who are finding ways to do a sort of equivalent of live performance, live comedy online. I'm going to try to champion some of them and also disseminate some of the inventions and uh, innovations of that and some of the techniques so that we can all um, do more of that. But sort of systemizing your yourself systemize yourself <laughs> there we go buy, buy my pathetic ebook <laughs> so there we go i think that'll do for now i might do more of these um i think i will release this uh, i it's put me in a good mood maybe I, I hope it'll put you in a good mood did i get off the point it's the sort of thing that i should um it's probably the sort of thing I should listen back to, refine, edit, log, all those kind of things and do a better one. But for now, let's just rush it out as uh, as a means of uh, keeping me happy and maybe uh, reassuring you or, or helping you feel invigorated about something. I think if I can help with anything, right, if, if, I, if I, Stu, can help you with anything, maybe it's just helping you feel positive and creative with the endeavours that you get up to whilst you're in social isolation for God knows how long. Right? That feels... There we go. That's my... That's within my wheelhouse, isn't it? Um, I also hope to do comedy at you, and I'm going to be looking into a bunch of those kind of, uh, you know, Twitchy, Google Hangouty, youtube sort of possibilities. And I have to say, for all the comics who are going, God, no, you couldn't do that because there'd be no audience. Here I am talking to myself in a van for 45 minutes. Uh, turns out I'm absolutely fine to... Uh, uh, perform to camera with no audience there. But there may be other creative and, and uh, uh, exciting and exuberant ways that we can uh, solve that problem as well. Um, so, I mean, aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky to have the internet? <laughs> we can tell everyone to socially isolate and then keep them entertained while they socially isolate. And and look, just to wrap this up, everyone, and this is this is, a, this is addressed to everybody, those of us who rely on crowds for a living, those of us who rely on live work, whether we're comedians, actors, whether we're musicians, listen, we are not the most important people in the world. There are care workers out there who need our help and support and there are doctors who are going to get ill treating people and nurses and, and it's a lot of people need us to pull together, specifically with regard to my part of the universe, to those of us who are self-employed as performers who are now terribly worried about our incomes about the ability to pay the mortgage, the ability to to not just deplete ourselves in the pursuit of staying alive. You know, I mean, so so many people in this country are salaried and um, so many self-employed people have nothing else to fall back on. I did have a mad theory that the people who... Uh, uh, the people who are part-time comedians but retain a salaried job of some sort, maybe they'll be the only survivors, I mean, for good or ill, who knows? But if you bought tickets to something, to something small, I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, Wembley. If you bought tickets to some sort of small gig and you can afford to not get a refund, don't ask for a refund because the people who are putting that thing on are hurting right now. If you are on Patreon and you have a salary, find your favourite four things that you were going to, that you always thought, oh, maybe I'll get around to supporting them and do it now. There has never been a better time. Obviously, part of this is a pitch for joining the Insiders Club because believe you me, if you've been on the fence for a while, not only is there tremendous content in there, but also there is, uh, you know, I have a strong, <laughs> very, very strong incentive now to to uh, widen the mouth of that particular funnel and get as many of you on there as possible. I make no bones about it. That is now my only income. So uh, I really hope 
that uh, that loads of you sign up to that. But this is also I want to do a bottling speech on behalf of every self-employed artist now. Anyone who is offering anything online, check it out. Click like on it. Subscribe to it. I believe on Twitch, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you get a certain number of free signups to Twitch, which don't cost you anything because you're on Amazon Prime. But the person on Twitch gets them. So they get actual money and it literally doesn't cost you anything. Look into those things. Keep your eyes and ears open about those sorts of things whereby you can help keep culture alive. Because at the moment, tens of thousands of artists in this country alone, and I've plucked that out of the air, probably less than a million, but we are... We're really hurting right now. And as I believe Augusto Boal said, yeah, wallop, slam out an Augusto Boal reference. Theatre, he said theatre, let's say culture. Culture is like the trees in a city. You don't notice it. But then when you cut the trees down, the city dies because there's no oxygen. So now we need to, those of us who are comfortable, those of you who are comfortable and, and who have salaries and are working from home quite happily and thinking, well, I'll just binge some more Netflix stuff. Please bear in mind that the people who have yet to make it to the Netflix level, the people who are floating around at my level, above it, below it, we rely on you desperately. Now we rely on you and now we rely on you desperately. So if you have a favourite thing and you've thought, do you know, I've listened to this guy on Spotify for so long. Maybe I'll buy one of his albums from his website. Do that. If you quick shout out to John Vanderslice, by the way, who I'm working on. a. This is this is off the point. There's a brilliant, brilliant American musician called John Vanderslice. He when I was sort of discovered him years and years ago, he uh, <laughs> for myself, I mean, he doesn't have to thank me for his career. Uh, but when I first found him, uh, he was doing all of his material himself on an eight-track recorder in his room, and it's the most wonderfully layered stuff. And if you are, like me, a fan of people like the Mountain Goats and uh, Father John Misty and people like that, find yourself some John Vanderslice. I emailed him personally. He's a kind of... He's not massively famous, I don't know, as to his profile, but he was sufficiently down-to-earth that he emailed me back personally. I said, look, I've used your, uh, I've used elements of one of your songs on a separate podcast project. I'm doing a pilot of this show that may now see the light sooner rather than later. Who knows? Um, and uh, do you mind if I use it? And he said, I, he emailed me back and he said, I'm so flattered that you like my stuff. I own all the copyright to my music. So uh, you can have that. Absolutely. You can use that copyright free for as long as you want. Do anything you want with it. Oh, my God. What a champion. So that made such a difference to me. So people like him, if you've been listening to someone like that on Spotify and you think, I'm just going to go to his website and buy a bunch of albums, try to make sure that your your cultural um, uh, uh, spend at the moment goes towards the people who need it most, the people who are making material on their own, who are asking you for clicks and likes and shares and donations. And Alistair Green, brilliant, brilliant comic, Al Green, who, um, is he called? I can't remember. He, I knew him as one name and then he changed his name. I think he is still Alistair Green, right? He's, he does these incredible little 30-second videos, pieces to camera, little sketchy reaction things uh, on his Facebook page. Um, he, uh, he's got like a Kofi thing, you know, co- co- well, presumably coffee, but it's spelled Kofi with a hyphen. And uh, that's a thing you can click on and just give little donations. Robotron, at Robotron on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch, uh, is Mr. John Robertson of this podcast. And um, uh, he's doing a thing where he will, for £3 on, on the coffee app, he will, let's, let's, uh, let's airbrush that now and keep calling it coffee from now on. For £3 on the coffee app, he'll roast one of your friends. Genius. I'm starting to do a thing now and let's, let's launch this now. I'm offering you um, a business lunch. You can go to comedianscomedian.com slash lunch and sign up and you and I can have lunch together at roughly one one thirty. I'll give you half an hour or an hour and we can either talk about there'll be slightly different um, uh, prices based on whether you are. I think I'm going to I'm going to base it on whether you are struggling or not struggling in the current context. And uh, we can either have uh, a 30 or a 60 minute chat over lunch on Skype. Uh, you have to provide your own lunch. I'll sort myself out. Um, and we can talk either just as a general natter uh, and, a, and a bit of a chat about what, what you're up to. Um, or we can have a chat. We can do a business version where it's about a specific agenda or project or you want to brainstorm something creative. I love talking about other people's projects. I love giving people advice on their projects, whether it's to do with comedy, the Internet, uh, community building or anything else. I would love to talk to you about it. So anyone you see doing something like that, join it, share it, 
spread it around, sign up for it, and let's keep culture alive during what is just absolutely unprecedented. I hope you're all safe. I hope you, personally, let's revert to the listener. I hope you are safe. I hope you are making socially responsible decisions. I hope you've got enough toilet roll. <laughs> I hope I hope you are looking after yourself and I hope you're looking after people around you and I hope this has been of help. Please feel free to like and share this around the place. I don't know how you like a podcast, but, you know, review it or anything. I'll do whatever you want. You you know, you're, you're, if you're listening to this, you're in a circle. If you've made it this far, you're on the team already. But... Um, uh, yes, you can join the Insiders Club and there has never been a better time to join at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders. You can support the podcast and now me and my family with £2 a month. It's a sliding scale. You can put as much on there as you want um, and you can... I think it might have an upper ceiling. It might not. I might need to adjust that. Um, you can also do one-off donations from the same page if if that's more your style. And uh, if you've been thinking for a while, hey, I really should get round to supporting ComCom... Now is the time, particularly if you are working from home or if you've been sent home or you have a wage or a proper business or something that is ticking over and you're thinking, gosh, I've gotten away with this, then uh, why not support me? Comedianscomedian.com slash insiders. You get the private podcast and everything else. But let's face it, if it's just charity for you and let's do it, then do it. Let's just look at this for now. Uh, you don't even need to listen to any of the extra stuff if you're busy. Just give us your cash. So thank you. I'm going to do, I think, uh, the Desiree Birch episode now, which should go out very soon, if it's not out already. And um, and also uh, comedianscomedian.com slash lunch. Uh, and let's have a little business lunch. You can hear some of this guff from me in person and tailored to you and your specific needs. And uh, also, if you are in the Insiders Club, there's a load of, uh, there's an excellent episode with podcast consultant Pete Dobbing has just gone up there, as well as all of the extra content from all the shows. So that's all of that. And yes, so the next thing is to, the next thing for the podcast is I'm going to start putting out a load of uh, I'm going to start contacting people who are doing innovative things with comedy because of the pandemic. Um, and we're going to start doing a bunch of those episodes. I've got three regular episodes in the can. Uh, Desiree Birch, Alonzo Bowden and Robbie Collins, all great episodes. And uh, and I'm also I'm going to intersperse those with some specific ones starting this Friday with Steve McNeil of McNeil and Pamphalon go eight bit and latterly Dara O'Brien goes eight bit or whatever it's called. Um, so he's doing tremendous things and we're going to find out all, all about them this Friday and I will chuck that one out as soon as possible. Whew, there we go. One take wonder. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Mm -hmm. 